Hi, this is Dan Janolfi. And Howard Marlowe. Welcome to the Waterlog Podcast. Thanks very much to the American Shoreline Podcast Network and Coastal News Today for hosting us. It's just before Memorial Day weekend, and I know all I can think about is the beach. The southeast is already heating up with an expected heat wave this weekend when temperatures could near 100 degrees. Here at Waterlog, we certainly hope it doesn't get quite that warm yet. D.C. is certainly heating up. It's appropriation season, isn't it, Howard? Yes, it is, Dan, and you look great in your surf, uh, surfer's wetsuit, I guess, or whatever it is that you call those things. Well, the Senate wants to, a, a vote on the disaster supplemental. Majority Leader McConnell has made that clear. And Congress is trying to figure out whether 6% of funding from the Disaster Reform Recovery Act passed last year can go directly towards pre-disaster mitigation. And finally, the House is working on its version of an energy and water appropriations bill. But before we get into that, let's talk about the economics of the coast so that we can put these appropriations into context. So let's start off with with just some facts here. 39% of our nation lives along the coast. Our nation's coasts and oceans generate roughly 320 billion in GDP every year from tourism and recreation, marine transportation, offshore mineral mineral extraction, ship and boat building, living resources, and marine construction. Let's go back to the prehistoric times. I know for most people listening in, that means the 70s and 80s. That's when I got started and involved, I might say by accident, in all of this coastal stuff. Think of the beaches of California, Florida, New Jersey, Texas. They looked a lot different then than they do today. Most were severely eroded. And we've come a long way in, in improving these coastal areas because of the fortune that they bring to the federal economy, to the national economy. And therefore also the huge risks that they, uh, that they present to local governments, state governments, and the federal government as well. There's a lot of people who depend on our oceans, our coasts, for their livelihood. So the federal government has been working hard to protect these vital economies, but one part of the nation's infrastructure that gets woefully underfunded is our nation's ports, bridges, dams, and waterways. They're all outdated. They're underperforming, and they cost us more and more in, in order to just keep them going because we just don't make the upgrades and improvements that we have to make. And so they aren't taken into consideration during the appropriation season. There's a lot to be hopeful for in this round of coming uh, funding bills that's coming up. And a lot of people out there working hard to achieve that. So Dan, let's get into some of the numbers and what they mean for coastal projects and programs. All right, so the first thing that we want to alert you about uh, is the figure that the House provided for beneficial use. And that's actually double what it was for last year. We thought that some of, some of that was going to go towards the beneficial use pilot projects. Um, it turns out that that wasn't actually the case. Now, now this plus up is for uh, Section 204 of the Continuing Authorities Program. And for those of you not familiar with that um, or beneficial use, go to our website at www.waterlog.net. We've got tons of information about the core and all of its programs, uh, which you can search our website for. 
But beneficial use, in essence, is taking sediment from one location, whether it be a, a channel or a, a navigation channel or uh, just a place where a sediment has accreted, and putting it to use somewhere else, like a marsh sill or a thin layer placement over wetlands to elevate the land to allow marsh uh, to, to grow and continue to rise alongside sea level rise. Our firm, Coastal Strategies, along with some of the other big names in the game, like American Shore and Beach Preservation Association, the Coastal States Organization, are working towards making beneficial use the next least cost standard for disposal. Sediment is an important resource. In fact, this year or next year, open lake disposal of sediment in Lake Erie is prohibited. And that actually got into a federal bill as well. And you'll see it in the Energy and Water Appropriations Bill. So we're hoping that approach to making beneficial use uh, on land or near shore gets expanded to a nationwide uh, approach. If you're unaware of the current so-called least cost disposal standard, it basically takes sand, fill up a barge, if you dredge it out of a navigation channel, fill up a barge, dump it off sea. So in essence, we're taking it away from its natural coastal habitat and we're dumping it far offshore where it simply goes further offshore. We waste it. That's a tremendous waste. We can't continue to do that in this country. I know we've, we've mentioned this before on the Waterlog podcast, but uh, it's, it's a big issue. Definitely a big Major. issue. Major. So in other good news, the president's revised budget, uh, which came out a few weeks ago, included funding for both the Great Lakes and the Florida Everglades under the original uh, budget that the, the administration has proposed. Everglades uh, was originally uh, requested $63 million in the president's budget, uh, when Congress and other members of the state legislature had requested $200 million. Now, coincidentally, the administration has, has requested $200 million. Similarly, in Great Lakes, original uh, request from the president was $30 million. The new figure is $300 million, as requested by state uh, legislature and members of Congress. Uh, both the bills uh, for energy and water and uh, supplementar are expected to see floor time uh, soon or in June. Uh, the, pa the package total for the energy and water bill uh, for FY20 is $46.4 billion, with about $2.5 billion above the budget request. $135 million for investigations, six new study starts, $2.3 billion for construction with six new, con new construction starts, $3.9 billion for operations and maintenance, uh, $37.5 million for flood control and coastal emergencies, and uh, the language also intends to make greatest use of the Harbor Maintenance Trust Fund and the Inland Waterways Trust Fund, which Congress has been pushing to make available over the past few years. Dan, there's a lot of good news uh, that we're seeing in that, you know, the coastal programs that we're tracking show, in terms of what's happening so far in the, in the House bill, consistent with last year. And I looked that up, and we have our tables that we put up on the Waterlog website, and you'll see that the president asked for, for shoreline protection, as Congress calls it, beach nourishment, all the related coastal programs, to that, the president asked for only about $39 million. Congress has added $100 million on top of that, so we're seeing about $139 million. That's about where we were last year, at least in terms of the House bill, and, and, and that's good. We, in addition to the, uh, the programs that you mentioned, we're really pleased to see that planning assistance to states 
has gotten a major plus up. The president requested $5 million. That's the current level for the, that's the level for the current fiscal year. And uh, the House bill has plussed it up to $9 million. If you don't know what planning assistance the states is, tremendous program, please look into it. You can Google it in general or go on our website again. You'll find out about it. Congress continues to demonstrate, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm sure you agree, Dan, that it understands the importance of programs like these. Yeah, programs like this allow states and local governments to move forward uh, without huge costs uh, involved with the private sector. Uh, they're able to make use of the core's technical expertise um, and comprehensive planning. And I'll, uh, we'll be delivering uh, essentially our our uh, FY20 uh, Excel spreadsheet, which which is uh, we have a great way of presenting it. It's tracking all the coastal spending that's going on. And once they, uh, the House and Senate convene and talk about. Uh, they have their conference report. We'll be able to put those figures together and present them nicely for you. So there are a few other programs, such as CODS, the Coastal Ocean Data System, and SIRP, the Coastal Inlet Research Program, uh, taking home a bit more than ever before. Howard, uh, what are these programs for? Yeah, CODS is an interesting program uh, run out of the Scripps Institute for Oceanography out in California. And uh, you can look it up. Another one, uh, good one to Google. It's got buoys placed throughout uh, the United States. Some of those are very useful for fishermen and the like, but its major purpose is to collect a lot of data on the uh, health of our oceans. And the Coastal Land Research Program is run out of the Corps uh, Engineering Research Design Center in Vicksburg. And Congress, uh, the House at least, has plussed up its uh, funding, really focusing on what that program is doing to try to get oysters, the oyster population of this country, to expand more. It's been contracting, as you know. So, you know, those are the major uh, parts of that program, and they're getting more funding, and, and I'm glad to see that. Now, I can't help but think about hurricane season. And I can't, I can't forget to remind you guys that it's almost hurricane season. And to us surfers, that means waves. Now, the East Coast and West Coast have both had a great spring surf season that I regrettably haven't been able to participate in. Hopefully, I get my fix this weekend. And for all you other surfers, I hope you do as well. But with hurricane season only a few days away, uh, advocates are urging lawmakers to support improvements to wave and weather forecasting. With our climate changing so quickly, models that scientists have developed in the past are useful mostly for considerations or what-ifs, as predictive models still struggle to predict future conditions. The takeaway here is that climate change is a moving target, and there are costs associated with tracking it. You know, Dan, there's all of this that we've talked about involves dollars. And if we're going to expand, improve, and do the things that we've been talking about for so long, then it's going to require more money. And I mean significantly more money than we are putting in right now at the federal level. Not likely uh, that we're going to see a heck of a lot more money than Congress is going to be able to provide for various coastal programs, not only the course coastal program, but those, for example, the Great Lakes and Everglades and the like that we've talked about. So therefore, those who might be uh, have looked into the president's uh, proposal for the energy and water appropriations bill saw that he had 300 million in there for two different programs that were supposed to be related to alternative finance. The House has cut out both because there really was no thought put into the president's program, quite frankly. But the fact is that we need to put in 
thought to where we are going to get funding. It's not going to come from Uncle Sam in the foreseeable future. So alternative finance, alternative ways of funding. So we have to, in order to pay for all this. And a bill's been introduced in the Senate recently to provide green bonds for the issuance, provide for the issuance of green bonds. Green bonds are something that uh, are a version of municipal bonds, and they would also that bill would also establish a uh, a U.S. Uh, green bank. So uh, you can all invest in the green bank if you like. If that bill gets passed, but. We need to be dealing with different ways. The Corps has a program uh, looking into alternative finance, uh, but uh, subject for another day, another time. But uh, we don't think that uh, the Corps is e easily equipped, or any federal agency right now is easily equipped to be able to handle uh, private pu uh, public partnerships. Now, a notice to all local governments, businesses, and nonprofits. Stay tuned for a Coastal Resilience Conference that is going to be held in Philadelphia. We've got some big sponsors and names you're going to recognize that are ready to collaborate with the coastal sector. This is something we don't want you to miss because it's going to focus very much on this issue of alternative funding. What are the practicalities? How can you come about and get different sources of money from the private sector as well as some uh, from taxing districts and the like that are going to have to be used. We're going to keep you updated uh, as we get closer to reaching the final date of uh, announcing that particular event. It's going to be a great one. Yeah, that's something you guys definitely won't want to miss. Uh, we're going to keep it under wraps for now, but uh, we'll release some more details as, as those details become available. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Waterlog Podcast. Uh, keeping it a little shorter here today so you guys can get to the beach this weekend. Hope you have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend wherever you go, whether it's the beach, the bay, uh, to the forest, mountains. Uh, hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. Thanks very much. We'll see you next time.